0: Hi everybody! Welcome back to the show. We're talking today about a super underrated artist, Christian Yu, aka DPR Ian. I'm gonna get kind of sappy and personal about why his music has affected me first. So if you don't care for the mushy, sappy talk and just want to get to the story, skip ahead a few minutes. But I'll start with that, then get to my big deep dive into this fantastical cinematic universe Oh, and trigger warning before I do, this episode will discuss a bit of self-injury related stuff, mental illness, guns, gore. This episode's not my most G-rated, so listen with care. Longtime time listeners and readers of my work know that I listen to literally hundreds on hundreds of new releases every single month. I'm always seeking out new music, part of my job, but also just because I genuinely have such a passion for music and finding it, curating it, sharing it, etc. So I use, very sparingly, certain descriptors to really show when I mean it. And rarely do I say I listen to music that I wish I could go back and listen to it again for the first time. Also rarely do I say that an album has made me feel immersed in a story and touched me on such a level that made me think, Where has your music been all my life? Why did it take so long for me to discover it? Both are true with his music. When I first discovered the work of Christian Yu, aka DPR Ian, I felt so pulled into it in a way that felt like an incredible thrill, a rush to listen to for the first time. This was when Mood Swings Into Order just came out. That's when I really, really fell deep into the lore. So I'm late to the party, but better late than never. And there are two main reasons I think his work really struck a chord with me. One is, this in some ways is all a big analogy for his life bipolar, and I have someone very close to me who is bipolar, and I've seen the highest highs and lowest lows more than anyone could to not be permanently shaped by it. Our life stories are kind of intrinsically wound up in each other, so I can't say I know 100% what it's like to be bipolar, but I can say I'm intimately familiar with what it looks like. So part of the reason it gripped me so much is because it really did help me better understand this person in my life. It really did. It became this way for me to see, oh, maybe this is kind of how this person's mind works. That they see things as not complete until the picture has 10 extra details thrown into it. That for someone like me, what's viewed as maybe overstimulating visuals and audio is just the right amount for them. That sort of thing. So His creative vision has helped me better understand this loved one's way of seeing the world and acting too. Besides being a tool for empathy, I've also been so personally struck by this release. In an interesting way, because, as I've talked about before on the show, I have severe anxiety, panic attacks, OCD, etc. Several anxiety disorders combine. Then there's, of course, being autistic, which is not a mental illness, but it definitely doesn't help when it comes to trying to calm down in a world I'm easily overwhelmed by that was not made for neurodivergent people like me. A story about mental illness does resonate with me deeply, but even deeper, I was surprised how much I felt like I connected with the music itself. Like not even the lyrics, not the music video plots or symbolism, the actual instrumentals and the voices. I think it's because as someone with sensory issues, I get easily overwhelmed when too much sound hits my ears. But on the flip side, music is a weird magical exception. So when music is immersive and requires my full attention, that's an incredible gift. To focus on just one thing and music helps me channel my crazy nervous particles basically so it really his music got me in the zone i'm like this is incredible when i first heard it because it does require that all of your neurons have to get in order or whatever it requires your full attention so it's almost calming in a way because my mind became less scattered just to hear so many voices because he's got high pitched ones low pitched ones different alter egos with different commentary throughout interesting kind of free-flowing tendencies. So some songs don't have a the clear verse-chorus-verse-chorus-bridge-chorus verse, chorus, chorus, formatting. The instrumental pivots, sound effects, multiple voices, genre disregarding entirely. The auditory cornucopias of his songs, they've gripped me, and that's a gift. But I also see myself in his story in some ways. I myself have kind of, in my head, personified some of the traits in me that beat me down and have led to some very dark places in the past. I'm making this guide part because I think he's such an underrated, immensely talented artist who deserves more attention so this will hopefully give him some. Another is because I found it so helpful to listen to, so therapeutic to discover. Such a rare gift when music touches you that much, and so I want to kind of share that gift with you. I also have fun, exciting new thoughts and theories because of the latest videos. So this is both free PR for DPR time. And it is kind of my thank you to him for doing what music should always be about. Storytelling, connection, finding a way for people to feel heard and seen and feel like they also know now how others can feel heard and seen through the same story the ambiguities, the treasure trove of visuals and things to focus on. It's been a gift to immerse myself in an incredible, sprawling story. So for the escapism, yet ironically, also with the prompting of self-reflection, I really just give him all the gratitude I can think of. Thank you's not enough. Before anyone asks, yes, I have reached out to his team with interview requests, obviously. I would love to hear more about his story. Those requests have not gotten a yes yet, but I keep trying every comeback. I'll keep you posted maybe someday. We're still doing an episode about him. On the very off chance you are listening, DPR Ian, I am so grateful for you. This music is just such a rush for me, such an escape, yet also therapy. It's an ironic mix of making me feel immersed in something else and immersed in myself, my own feelings. It's really brilliant, and you were born to do this clearly, so keep it up. and know your invite is always open to be on the show, to call in and talk more about your music, the characters, all of it. I also think your work is beautiful because it connects to people in unexpected ways, too. Music does not just go toward your ideal intent, but also reaches people in ways you never imagined. It's so magical. Like, you probably never thought autistic people would resonate with your message, but for me, as someone kind of ostracized, as a weird loner, I totally relate to the feeling. You sing about about feeling like you're always looking for connection. A sense of detachment from the people around you. A need to be seen and heard that the video characters overcompensate for. That desire to be loved. Just hope that someday someone will love me, as the sidekick character says. That's really powerful, very meaningful, bravo. Enough babbling now. Let's get to my guide to the music video world. Then we will get to my specific theories, what certain symbols, details really represent. But what's great about this is it is quite up to you. So I may be wrong about all of it, but these are my personal takeaways. With all due respect to 2020's zombie pop single from DPR Archives, we're just going to jump right into talking about the Mito eras. M-I-T-O, the first Mito album, Mood Swings in This Order, was out in March 2021. Then July 2022, Mood Swings in Two Order. And now we have this new era, Dear Insanity. So whenever I say this order, that's my short way of saying mood swings in this order, the 2021 release. When I say it's the two order era, I'm referring to 2022, the more recent release. The main thing to note about these Mido eras is that Mido has been in control, but I think the Mito character has been more in control in the this order era. Then the two order era seems to be him kind of taking more of a backseat transitioning out of the main character role so first he's in charge now he's going down with a fight and this new era dear insanity brings the other alter ego mr insanity into the forefront like never before mido in his story is a fallen angel a power-hungry fallen angel who has this there can only be one mentality and really basically wants total power like i said quickest summary is this character is a power-hungry fallen angel he can fly His appearance often comes with a storm, stormy skies, or a flock of birds or butterflies. He makes a scene when he enters. That character has the most depressed scenes and the most black and white. He also wears all black. He is darkness personified. Mr. Insanity, who this new era is focused on, is the most manic character. A manic state personified, super over-the-top, extravagant, out-there, devil-may-care, guilt-free, reckless... He also seems to have moments where he turns 2D, like an animated cartoon. Symbolically, it seems, he has more moments that are viewed as just kind of in your imagination, whereas Mido is more still very surreal, supernatural, but he has more grounded moments, metaphorically. I'll explain as we go. Seraph set Mito's wings on fire when they met. So Mido wants to basically enter a new, stronger era after a rebirth prompted by Seraph. And Mr. Insanity is the other character, who is the sidekick, the Green, who wears this big green suit, almost like he's doing a ready-for-like-a- green screen or motion capture filming situation. So you can't see his face. He's totally covered with this green screen-colored cloth. So Mido, Mr. Insanity, the Green, Seraph. The other main character is Ian as himself. Of course, in some ways, these characters are just himself, too. He literally plays them in the videos and they're manifestations of his mind. But his most non-persona, just true to him, not detached from who he is at all self, shows in these videos, too, as the character who I would summarize as scared, lonely, frequently enduring flashbacks by the littlest things. A flash of light, the sight of something triggering, like a blueberry, we'll get to that. He also hears voices until he does something like taking meds, smoking, without regard for moderation. Ian is himself not a character, also makes clear feeling trapped more than the others. The others are very, we do as we want, we're in control. This one is literally at times in a straitjacket, so clear visual contrast there. What's really notable, too, is that, like I said before, these characters are all basically him. So, thinking about the DPR story as a movie, the credits would say Ian for everything. (laughs) It's so interesting how much ground is covered and conflict among characters is covered just with himself. I mean, the other side characters are super just off to the side. Like, I mean, DPR Live plays a getaway driver at one point, a pink mask-wearing brigade, we'll get to that, but... For the most part, the side characters are very side characters. This is an evolution, a story, a plot, very focused just on him alone. The video for So Beautiful really shows Mido entering his darkest, fullest, most Mido-ish form, where he seems to have an eyeball kind of fall out and turns it into a ring. This is a very symbolic ring to remember as we go through this journey. But yeah so an eyeball turns into a ring becomes a frequently seen accessory that happens as mito has his full character immersion in so beautiful he emerges after almost a science experiment type process lightning strikes he emerges out of what looks like he came out of water everything gets blurry he's screaming soaking wet Lightning snaps again, kind of teleporting him, and he gets teleported onto a road that is the same road that was in the painting that was seen at the beginning of the video. So he is plunged fully into the story. The character development in real time, that's the gist of the video. The side character is a very side character, just a woman who, when they do go face-to-face confronting each other, she quickly pushes him away, triggering a scene where he's falling backwards into an ocean lit up red. So the red ocean scene is pivotal to note, as well as the fact he's in a different scene floating, flying, spinning in circles in this room, like an apartment, and there's a tiny TV in the back on static. Although the lightning strikes do help him teleport, it's interesting that he's also stuck in a downpour everywhere he goes. In contrast to later videos when it's more the thunder and lightning without the rain as much. So in So Beautiful, Mido turns into his full self and introduces notable symbols. The TV, the eyeball ring, lightning in the rain, the red ocean. The final scene goes black and white, and the eyeball ring wearing hand grabs a gun, and that's the cliffhanger ending. Things get somehow even more surreal with the No Blueberries video. Like I hinted at before, the sight of blueberries is kind of a a red flag, a trigger for him. So when he orders a dish with blueberries at this diner, he basically freezes and what seems to ensue is a full sequence of surreality, which seems to be just in his head unfolding. So first he starts the video with that gun from the last video, staring at the mirror in the bathroom, leaves, orders this dish that triggers the bad thoughts, and he looks up and the diner is suddenly empty. Except for the shadowy figure in the back. Violence and a gunfight ensues. The scene suddenly turns black and white again for a second as this masked villain pulls him close and black smoke surrounds them like he's about to be choked out. A bunch of split-second images flash across the screen. Eventually, he gets out of the chaos with DPR alive as his getaway driver. And the scene seems to have been in his head. Like he just snaps back to reality and the diner is packed like it was before, nothing unusual. But note he now has a deep cut across his face. So his character in what you thought was just a, in his head, a dream state, a nightmare really, carries over and is a trait he now has IRL. Note that for later for sure. Next up, nerves. One of the bloodier videos, so beware of that. This video seems to be very just Ian focused, not about Mido, but him really, really not doing well. Screaming into the mirror, sitting places dark and bloodied. He has that eyeball again, but not as a ring, like Mido wore it as like a souvenir, a badge of honor. He just holds it. And it also seems to be him just struggling. Visually, you see the struggle to come to grips with himself. With the start of the video showing another picture, this one with his hand on top of the picture. And you know it's his because of the tattoos. So that one is a darker chapter. Things get a bit more literally colorful and lighter a bit just relatively in Scaredy Cat. Again, a focus on the Ian character who seems to be wandering through a hotel in some scenes in a straight jacket, trying to evade the Mito character or some other character out to get him. There's a chase ensuing. He is very Joker-esque smeared red lipstick and at one point he's eating red flowers I find it very interesting that he is chewing on red flower petals, and he refused the blueberries. So blue he rejected, and now he wants to eat something red. I find some sort of symbolism in that, especially paired with the fact that Blue Ocean was lit up red. When red and blue are combining, it's notable. Plus, the Joker-esque red lipstick seems to contrast with the blue lipstick Mr. Insanity the character wears later, so the red and blue contrast seem quite intentional. The runaway of the straight-jacketed version of him trying to get away from the other guy? Not successful, long story short. The last scene is quite pivotal, seeing one version of him in color as the elevator doors close. They open back up again, and now the scene is black and white, In a new version of him is the camera has a close-up of. The last of the This Order visuals, Welcome to the Show, where Mido wonders, quote, Everything feels familiar. I wonder if they are my memories, or if it's his. I feel like I've been here before. Who are you? Unquote and he hears these voices. It's an empty auditorium he walks up the aisle of before performing, but he hears a bunch of voices whispering. Like, who is this guy? You can tell in the scene he's Ian, wondering how much the bad memories he has are really Mido's memories, because the Ian character is the one in the scenes with all the hushed voices. So this, I think, is an Ian-focused video, and he keeps having black and white flashbacks to that So Beautiful video, where Mido was unfolding, unraveling. A picture on the wall is again used as an opening image of the story unfolding. This picture of him in that center stage area. Again, questioning how much is him really and how much is a memory that's kind of feels like it was put in him, but really was his all on that he kind of detached and put into an alter ego. So as he revisits those emotions, he seems to have flashbacks, but what if they were just resurfaced emotions that were there all on? He just temporarily boxed them away in the other characters' minds, but at the end of the day, they have to get back to him. Just a thought. Then comes the mood swings in two-order era, which notably is a red album cover. We went from black with a cracked mirror image to a red album cover. So Mito's black and white filled scenes replaced. Again, this era I see is still Mito-focused. If you have to choose between this is a Mito era or a Mr. Insanity one, this one's still Mito, but in more strong, palpable tension with Ian himself. So he's losing power, fighting for power more. After some more blink-and-you'll-miss-it rapid succession images, black and white ones of him underwater again, he emerges and has his wings set on fire. The first part of the video is his conversation with Seraph and this key voiceover, quote, Where did I go wrong with you? Out of all of my creations, you are the epitome of all that is good, the utmost of my potential. You are my first, and I'll make sure to be your last. You created me in your image, and now it's time to create mine in yours, unquote. So part one of the video, going from underwater to wings set on fire, transformation. The following scene shows him kidnapped, presumably, thrown in the back of a car. Again, I think that's just Ian there. The one who again hears all the hushed voices. The scenes with Ian in black and white, filled with whispers, although he's alone, physically. Suddenly, the voices stop when he takes more pills, and the world lights up Technicolor. He remarks that it's weird the voices stopped, then sees a floating knife behind him, again, I'm glossing over a lot just for the sake of time, and ends up being stabbed when he turns around by some invisible force. So he feels alone, but he's not alone. It seems like quite a breakdown. Against the words of advice that were on the screen earlier, don't go insane. Later, notably, the words on the screen were mood, but spelled backwards to look like doom with this red, blood-like, smeared lettering. So things are topsy-turvy. Throughout this video in the songs, he is constantly changing high-pitched or low pitch voices into different voice acting. There's a lot happening. Lots of voices, lots of pops of color, all quite potentially symbolic. When the scene goes red-focused, all red, like the album cover in the last part of the video, he is surrounded by these people, covered in red, red outfits. Some sudden, last-second images include him bursting into a room, lit up in technicolor, like the last one, looking horrified at whatever he finds, which we don't get to see, another cliffhanger ending, his eyes glowing blue, a bloodied hand putting up a wanted poster, dead or alive, for Mito, with notably those eyeball images drawn on the poster. And the hallway lights up in blue and green as he runs down it and all those hands of these strange figures reach out for him. Basically, in the Two-Order era, he discovered some stuff, kind of wishes he hadn't, and now maybe we're seeing what misadventures, new memories that were maybe planted in his head, maybe not. He opened up some new doors to new memories, and we're about to explore what those are for Dear Insanity. Which starts with the Peanut Butter and Tears video we talked a bit about in a previous Best New Music episode. Where flashbacks ensue that seem connected to the present day. Like in the present, he's now really intentionally trying to revisit those memories. Because now we're in the Mr. Insanity era, representative of a more fearless, over-the-top, joyful, ecstatic state. So before it was like a failure to escape memories. Now it's like an inviting of them, trying to poke them into being back in your mind. Like it'll be a fun adventure, which is why he's in this field kind of creating light reflections, holding up a reflective object toward the sun. And that flashing light is, again, one of those small things that is all that's needed to trigger that flashback. This time to him with the overhead lights on him in the dentist's office. He had a tooth issue, hence the peanut butter and tears song title. And throughout the video, he does flashback to that dentist visit from hell incident at different ages. Note the bow tie he wears no matter what. So the flashback of him as a little boy, the flashback of him older, in the dentist chair, still wearing that bow tie. Put a pin in that. The video starts in front of this magenta doorway, and blue, then magenta, color changing butterflies surround him, as well as colorful confetti. As usual, lots to look at. These memories are now the opposite of black and white. Super vivid, colorful, lots of color changes throughout the video. Butterflies smoke, flowers. This magenta doorway abruptly is pivoted to the outdoors, so it looks like it's just not in an empty space, but outside in front of a lake and hills. But then another flash in the memories back to, no, that's actually just a doorway in an empty indoor room. Either way, he walks through it, and in a quick blink-and-you'll-miss-it flashback of sorts, we see Mito flying in the sky that is now lit up green. But there's another scene where the color focus is magenta with that group of pink bunny ski mask wearers. Bunny ear ski mask wearers. I'm going to try to explain all this soon, so hang tight. Presumably just Ian, not a different character, wanders through city streets at night as green comets fall, green laser beams later shoot out of his eyes, but suddenly the wall behind him starts forming a ton of cracks as the green lasers continue to fill these scenes. The ring he wears in this video is not the eyeball ring. He replaced it with a white one, maybe has a little gold on it, but it's not the same ring anymore just some of the many other wild details in here include moments where blink and you'll miss it this character seems to show up in his face mr insanity in 2d like the 2d cartoonish smile and the cartoonish stars in halo these cartoons are often magenta colored he has this blue glitter makeup that eventually turns the color of fire or maybe it's literally on fire it's shimmery gold of a sort Then he befriends the green and basically is replaced abruptly with an Oscar the Grouch knockoff. So there's a lot in here I'm going to have to try to explain later. There is so much going on, but it can be summed up as comets, lasers, lots of magenta and neon green, memories triggered to that dentist visit with his bowtie wearing self, a replacement for the eyeball ring, meeting the green, then abandoning him, replacing him with a decoy, this Oscar the Grouch knockoff, as he goes to do who knows what adventures. 2D flashes of this Mr. Insanity character. Something blue turns gold or fire-colored. We have some weird new characters introduced with the pink bunny ear headpieces. His eyes glow blue again, then green. I try to keep this short, but it's hard to do that. He's also reckoning out with his band again in a magenta lit room. The outline of a whale appears in the sky, as well as two different moons, a bunch of multicolored window tiles, a fleet of UFOs. He joyfully is playing guitar in the meadow later on, and then there's a the happy montage. The first real, just blissful montage. Not a tragic one where his slap-happy character is dancing, jumping, despite the floor being on fire. Yeah, like I told you, it's a lot to process. But no matter what, he is living in the moment to the max, not worrying about what's going to happen next. If you remember any images from the video, make it the dentist visit with the bow tie and the final scene with the key. The image at the end is notable for several reasons. One is that this is the first time the picture that often started the story, seeing a picture on the wall, a portrait or a painting, photography, whatever, This framed image at the end is at the end now. So throughout the This Order era, it started the action. Now in the Mr. Insanity-focused era, things are all topsy-turvy and the portraits are at the end of the action. Anything that shows an opposite, like now his character in blue lipstick as opposed to red, those new contrasts I think are just really notable for the topsy-turvy nature of them. Like the black and white scenes as opposed to this vivid technicolor, the bright sunny meadow scenes juxtaposed with that dark downpour day, the eyeball ring as opposed to the new plain one. All these contrasts show we are totally in the reverse alter egos world right now. But the consistencies, like the butterflies, are reminders that at the end of the day, as polar opposite as these characters are, they do have commonalities because they are both part of the mind of Ian, the same person. So anyway, at the end, a gloved hand grabs a key out of many options. Rows of keys surrounded that final portrait, which showed Mido's fall back to Earth, losing his angel status after having been kicked over into the dark side. If you thought that video is off the rails, wait till I tell you about So I Danced. This song has so many lyrics that totally you don't think anything of unless you've closely watched the videos because, like this verse I'm about to read to you, every line brings to mind a scene we just talked about from a video. Flamingos are turning into giant pink rats. There was a flamingo statue in the last video. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. Let me know how many knives are in my back. Remember the knife scene? Don't get cold, your world is just about to crack. Remember all the cracks forming on the wall behind him? Plus, there's a line about, there's no hellos on our way to the show, like the song, Welcome to the Show. And like in past songs, he seems to be talking to a different character with a different, deeper voice. Who's saying you like them struggles, it's not the end of the story, etc. For this video, we are so fully immersed in Mr. Insanity's world. So we're in this city with a lot of green light, but also tons of magenta. This blue lipstick-wearing character, the green, is his sidekick. They also seem to be kind of living legends, because in this town there's a statue, in a really blink-and-you'll-miss-a-moment, that seems to be wearing their pretty notable hat. So the hat that they share, first Mr. I wears it, then the green, seems to be part of a statue. Like, they're memorialized in this town, which also makes them infamous to their enemies. They're scheming, plotting for how to get a key. And throughout the video, we see it starts with the words on the screen, present day, then later it says three days earlier. So with that in mind, I totally think another way this is a polar opposite world to Mito's world is that Mito's world unfolded chronologically, and this is in reverse. So we go back in time somehow. Time goes in the opposite direction, somehow from future to past just go with it. That's why the last video left off with them finally getting a key. Now they're searching for the key. They plan a heist mission to do so. Long story short, they do get the key, but of course the security alarm goes off in the bank, so they quick try to have a gunshot-filled car chase scene out of there as people try to stop them from getting away. They drive far out of the city, past a leaving Emerald City sign with a symbolic eye logo on it, and drive way out into the desert, this empty road. They get out of the vehicle, open this box they stole from the bank, and they think it's full of decoys. But no, the key they saw is buried at the bottom. And there's a moment with another red-blue contrast. Mr. Insanity's eyes were blue before. They glow red now. They think they've gotten away with it, but who returns? But Mido. There was a hail of colorful smoke and sparks, but things are back to black and white as Mido enters, floating with a bunch of black birds and a tornado around him. Literally a tornado, a force of nature, as he reappears. Things to remember that will make sense in a minute. The fact they did get away with the key... Mido's refusal to exit this story and his returning it to black and white the fact mr insanity his eyes glow red now and they were glowing blue in the past video another red blue contrast the reverse chronology the eyeball ring now is replaced again that finger now wears a ring with an emerald like a green emerald in the center like a pupil the little dog who wears a bow tie The little companion is now wearing that bow tie. And a symbol that returns is a tiny TV in the background. Before it was on static, in Mito's world, in Mr. I's world, the TV is showing what Mito was up to. So in Mr. I's world, Mito is just a character on the news more than anything. Like a hypothetical villain just out there, and the twister scene unfolds on the news. The main thing, though, I think, is the juxtaposition between static and a real broadcast on the same TV. It ends with the green looking through this trunk as they're back in that office room scheming, and he pulls out a doll, throws it aside, comic sound effects ensue, it wasn't what he was looking for, and he keeps looking, rummaging through this trunk. That's the end. Another cliffhanger. What is going on? Tune in next time to find out. And this all brings us to the new video for Don't Go Insane, which you remember was an instruction he was given and ignored in a previous video. The door is now red. That color that represents that in between between the magenta world of Mr. Insanity and the black and white world of Mido, red seems to be that transition phase. Out in the desert where this red door is now, they lost the key. So him and Mr. Green, Mr. I and Mr. Green, can't get in. They hear that someone is expecting them. But before they can ask these strangers who show up what to expect, who's expecting them, they start fighting among themselves, squabble as they get away with their vehicle. They escape in these guys' red car. So Mr. I and Mr. Green go on their merry way in this stolen car, taking a total guess about what direction is the right one to drive in. Mr. I says, I hope they let us take this car, and the green is just saying, I just hope someday someone will love me. That seems so notable, that where the head is at of Mr. Insanity is, I hope I get away with this crime, whereas the mindset of the sidekick is, I just want love. We're really doing this for attention, aren't we? It's almost like his conscience is trying to ride along with this adventure. So much action ensues, just go watch it. But the biggest things to note for symbolism's sake? The return of the black smoke around him, which encircled him before when a villain came up close to confront him. The fact magenta is indeed all over the place. The butterflies, the sky, one of his suits. His eyes glow green, but then magenta. The green saves the day. So he was basically kidnapped by this masked mob, but he is saved from being tied up by the green who comes to his rescue using a knife to cut the rope. Notably, as they run away from the angry mob who tied him to a post, they land teleporting onto the desert floor again, where that red door was. So they're back out in the desert, but this time they land there without the help of a lightning strike. So no bright green lightning strike precedes them teleporting. So they're still using magic, but not the same. There's also the potential for a nod to the eyeball symbolism here when he mutters, I can't see, during one of the Technicolor dance breaks. It's as bright as can be around him, but that eye logo, his compass of sorts, a guiding light, nowhere to be found. As for this new album, the cover art is magenta this time, and features an image of torn paper, much like in in a previous video, a bunch of paper was melted down, ripped up, by flames. Plus, the tracklist does keep the reverse chronology of Mr. Insanity's world, because the tracklist shows the songs in the opposite order of release dates, the singles. It's quite ambiguous, you could reach totally opposite conclusions to me, but here's what I think those details I told you to keep a pin in are all about. Let's start with that bow tie. So I think the bow tie is a bit like the scar he had in the diner after the flashback. Now hear me out. That was proof he carried over stuff that happened in the dream world, his mind, this other world in his head, into IRL existence maybe it works in reverse too. So you can take stuff from the real world and put it back in those implanted memories. So the bow tie was taken from his real memory of that Dennis trip from hell and put into the dream world, the nightmare world of Mr. Insanity, because now a sidekick dog wears the bow tie. I also find it super super notable that just the fact there is a little dog in this story are you getting it the emerald in his ring now the sign that literally says leaving emerald city now the little dog the evil character accompanied by a twister who shows up Scenes that flip from black and white to color. This is super Wizard of Oz inspired. And I think that gets to actually just a bigger truth about the whole story. It shares more themes with the Wizard of Oz too than you thought. Because that story about trying to discover who the man behind the curtain is. Who are you? Like in the Welcome to the Show video, literally behind the curtain, who are you? It's also about, symbolically, where is no place like home? Where do you really feel home? Trying to find a brighter, better world to exist in. Another thematic parallel to The Wizard of Oz here is the desire to find out what big power is controlling stuff. Where is this big, all-powerful character located? can cure all your ailments, and the realization that that was just a regular guy pretending to be a wizard. So as he seeks a miracle cure for his hearing voices, flashbacks, etc., at the end of the day, he's not finding the silver bullet, hence all the gun symbolism. Okay, that's probably a coincidence, but I had to bring it up. So I actually think this story is very Oz-focused. And besides, he literally grew up in Australia, which is nicknamed Oz. You could also, okay, now I'm really reaching. But the original Oz story was supposed to have gold slippers, not silver, not ruby, gold. There was more of a focus on gold. And the thought was that he named the book Wizard of Oz so O.Z. was like ounces, like ounces of gold. So if the goal was to make a point about wealth with gold... It seems notable, again I'm reaching but this is fun, it seems notable that gold is a part of this story symbolically. The gold-covered scenes during the Seraph transformation and talk, and then the gold statues in the bank. Most notably, the bird statue on top of this orb, this magical orb, almost like the Wicked Witch of the West orb that allows you to see what's going on in a totally different part of the world, almost like what it feels like to see what's going on in a parallel world. Also, remember this bank in this video is called The Other Side's Bank. So they really are in the other side, an upside-down world, which you could also jokingly say Australia is literally geographically the opposite, upside-down. Now let's talk about this I logo it's affiliated with every era the ring the scene by the sink and nerves when it's just in his hand the artwork on the wanted poster so Mido, the person putting up wanted posters for mito ian mr eye they all seem affiliated with the same eye logo it might be kind of an oz all-seeing eye reference or something about eyes as the window to the soul lots of common ways eyes are symbolic in lots of pop culture After all, this whole story literally about seeing himself. So key symbols to keep an eye on. The frame pictures. Any hints at the passage of time and how it might be abnormal. The bow tie. The eye. The ring. The TVs, the literal keys, the red and blue contrasting scenes, mirrors, which notably seem to primarily be in the This Order era. So when self-loathing is at its max, when Ian is really going through it as Mito takes over, enters his full evilness, his full fall from grace is complete, that's when the mirrors became quite symbolic, and always with scenes with the gun or too many pills, etc., screaming, the breakdowns associated with the mirrors. References to the moon I find quite notable. During the two-order era, a mitofocused one, although not as much as the past one, he's saying about coming back from the moon, Now we see two different moons in the Peanut Butter and Tears video. So we can guess Mido basically lived on the moon. Basically, where their gods and goddesses and angels floated near. And the Ian in the meadow is at that intersection between those good and evil, literally higher worlds of potential influence. Lastly, the uses of color. My thought about the red and blue contrast is that maybe since the red album cover came as Mito lost strength, my thought is that that's what the red and blue contrast alludes to. The more red enters the picture, the more Ian becomes himself, back down to earth, away from the character. His opposites, these alter egos, the extremes, maybe those are represented by blue, like the water he gets pushed into, the blueberries that trigger bad memories, etc. The lipstick. The fact he's at the intersection between the two worlds, the two extremes in Peanut Butter and Tears, seems to be part of the reason why green and blue are contrasted and mixed together. The green and blue lights, his eyes glow blue then green, butterflies are blue and green, etc. Green seems to be associated with his superpowers. The lasers that shoot out of his eyes and hands, the lightning that helps zap him, teleport him, plus of course it's the Emerald City. Yet, green is also the color of the sky sometimes, when Mido re-enters the story. Magenta seems to be the new it color of the story, being the cover art for the Don't Go Insane single and very prominent in this era more than ever. It's the color for the technicolor scenes as he enters a new world, the vivid one of Mr. Insanity, Ian Magenta is associated, seems most often, with the most clearly fake elements of the story. The 2D cartoon halo, the cartoon smile, the shades of one of the victims in a fight scene with the bank heist. He takes one of the victims' magenta sunglasses as like a souvenir. Then the magenta letters to subscribe pop up on the screen, like he's doing this for clout. So it seems like magenta is representative in this story of bold, audacity, fakery, doing a bunch of careless, reckless stuff just for the heck of it. It's Mr. I's color. And then I think the opposite of the technicolor stuff is Mido's, hence why so many scenes shift to black and white when Mido is strongest. So I think green is for Ian, Magenta's more Mr. Insanity, Mido is black and white, But the fact that green also comes into play with Mido, I think that just has to do with the fact that at the end of the day, you can't fully detach them from Ian himself. And you get that reminder that they're parts of him when the magenta and green come together, like the green paint splatters smeared a bit on that magenta door to another place. The way one of Mido's eyes glows magenta after the neon green lit up scene with him in one of the newest videos. There are also multicolored scenes, multicolored props, objects, that seem notable, like the confetti in So I Danced, which before, with Ian's presence, was just white. Then it became multicolored for the focus of So I Danced. The window tiles in Peanut Butter and Tears, different colors. In an interesting scene where he wears this kind of goofy monster face-themed knit cap. So that, plus the Oscar the Grouch wannabe character... (laughs) seem to be his ways of making fun of his situation. So I think he might really be intimidated by the monsters in his head, this Mido character, and maybe Mr. Insanity too. Also generating less intimidating, very goofy, corny monsters, dressing up like them, pretending to be them, gives him a sense of security. And their presence as colors collide seems notable. Another color to note is the use of gold, like with Seraph's transformation and the eagle statue, and the framing in Welcome to the Show around the picture. So that seems to be a through line between eras and character arcs. Besides my Wizard of Oz theories, oh, I also forgot to mention the green face character, another Wizard of Oz tie-in. Besides the whole Wizard of Oz narrative connection with trying to ultimately find out where the voices are coming from and what they can give you, what purpose could they serve for you, I'm also most struck by the presence of the voices and what shuts them up. Clear meaning in scenes where he takes pills and stuff and the voices stop. Notably, that pill bottle is brightly colored amid a black and white whisper-filled scene. So it feels like to get that fixed, to add color to his life again, that's what he has to turn to. Yet, the lesson is not, I'm at my worst alone with my thoughts. If that were the case, then he would thrive in scenes with other people. But instead, whether he's alone with the voices wrecking havoc, or with other people wrecking havoc, he's still dealing with a lot. So he can't outrun the bad stuff. It's not an escape from the bad stuff if he's alone, but it's not an escape with others either. When others do enter the story, they're shooting at him, they're reaching for him menacingly, circling him, committing crimes with him. It's not like he has anyone in his life to help save the day, scoop him up, and sweep him to safety. He still has to go through the ups and downs, ultimately relying on himself. So it's interesting to think about this odd moment in the So I Danced video, the bank scene, the robbery scene, where one of the people they seem to have shot and killed gets back up makes like a finger heart gesture as if to appease their better nature and get them to go easy on, maybe rescue him. But they still abandon him. Like he was trying to appeal to a better nature, like have mercy, and they didn't. So that seemed like a notable moment. I think we're just going to keep seeing incredibly new, unpredictable variations on a story that at the end of the day is rooted in some core themes. The same lessons as The Wizard of Oz, the struggle to make peace with yourself, the tendency to kind of channel certain parts of you into different multitudes, different layers, rather than try to merge them. Rather than try to merge different parts of you, the tendency to kind of pack them away into different storage bins, basically. The perpetual task of evolving and embracing. Evolving and embracing. That's what I think it comes down to. It's a self-interrogation made very visible, like he's in a therapy session with himself bringing physical depictions forward of those questions. Where did I go wrong with you? What do we do? Is it my memory or yours? It's all about that aftermath of the process starting of figuring out what's you and what is what the world told you to be or pushed you into being. Who are you without the outside influences? What is your home, your no-place-like-home adventure? That's how I see the story naturally not having a full, clear theory, but a general narrative arc that is pretty easy to follow once you get into it. And it will surely stay super entertaining. Much more, I could say, and will, in the future. So stay tuned, more thoughts on 17karatkpop.substack.com. Until then, thank you all so much for tuning in. Please check out his new music and thank me later. Thank you again, DPR Ian. Incredible work. And I'll talk to you all again very soon. Bye, everybody.